We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my good friends. I'm so honored, so excited to be hanging out with you here today on Journey to Center. Thank you so much for being with us. So I have an important question for you. What is your relationship with aging? If you're a woman and getting older, this show is just for you. You know, unlike other cultures, generations, and societies, our society in these days and times does not see the aging process as something particularly positive. So it's easy to buy into the notion that getting older is not a good thing. I personally love looking for role models that are exemplifying what I want to claim for myself. So let's consider some examples of growing older in a really cool way. There's Jane Fonda, Maya Angelou, Betty White, Jean Houston. These are some amazing examples of growing older their own way with authenticity, beauty, and style. Today, I'm featuring someone else who is aging with boldness, joy, cuteness, and humor. We're spending time with Sam Dawson. Sam is a philanthropist, author, actor, and enjoyed a very successful career as an award-winning publicist. If the truth was to be told, Sam did not like turning 60. She noticed her body parts starting to head south in the downward dog pose. She could see the wrinkles around her ankles like the age rings on a tree. (laughs) Curious to learn if others her age felt the same way, she interviewed 70 women. She wrote a book called Broad Appeal, I'm sorry, let me say that again, Broad Appeal, Wit and Wisdom for Women Ages 60 to 90. It is the culmination of her candid conversations with mature women, revealing that, quote, unquote, over the heel is actually a new and exciting frontier. So Sam Dawson, I'm so happy to be having this conversation with you. Well, thank you, Tammy, and thank you for that lovely introduction. I really appreciate it. Your book made me laugh out loud, so... Good. (laughs) (laughs) You're so funny. So you noticed your ankles looking like the rings of a tree. (laughs) Well, when you're in yoga, you know, you look a lot at feet and uh, and fingers. So I see everybody's uh, diamond rings and um, their age rings around their ankles. So it's it's really a funny, funny way to... And the young ones don't have those lines around their ankles. So it's very annoying. Attention. <laughs> that that is kind of an interesting observation. Things that you didn't know before, noticed before, you're noticing now. Both of the the younger and and the older. It is. It's, I'm starting to pay attention to necks. Wow. Oh, what's, what's well, going on with yes. the neck? Well, you know, I, bless Nora Ephraim. She, she wrote that book. I think it was called "I Feel Bad About My Neck." You know, it was. <laughs> you just you so just far, my wear neck scarves looking- more. Yeah, my but, neck is looking pretty good. I have to say that's something I'm very, very grateful for. But it's like I'm looking around going, hmm, this is interesting. I wonder if this is coming down the pike for me. 
No, so, probably not. You know, I think we talkers, we, we're good because we move our chin so much that, you know, we stretch them. It's good exercise. So I am a talker. You know, it's funny. When I, I was in a, a cosmetology school when I was in my 20s and, or late teens, early 20s. And my teacher said, if you have rings around your neck when you're like in your early 20s, that means your neck isn't going to age well. And I did not see a ring one. My other girlfriend right. did. And so I'm like, oh, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> Well, it, it is a state of mind too. You, <laughs> it really, it but, really but it is, is true. So much it is that. true that it was the it was the things changing physically that that started me on this journey. I have to admit. Um, uh, but as I got into the book, I really got into what people were thinking. It really did change me a great deal. I mean, I would. I think most of us are really, you know, are pretty vain. And uh, we want to look as good as we can. And when those things start to go, it's it's upsetting. But it's hard um, to let go of because yeah, you're yeah. A, a very, you're a beautiful woman. You're very attractive. So we can I think can uh, that can be part of our identity, you know, in our twenties, thirties, forties. And when that starts slipping away, it's like, wait a minute, I thought that was mine. That's supposed to be mine. Right. <laughs> I did that with my eyesight. Wait a minute, I thought I was going to have twenty twenty vision forever. What's going on here? This is right. It's well, I, I remember my, my, my late husband saying that he was on a plane once and the, he was trying to focus on what he was reading. And the person beside him said, you must have just, you know, must be over 40 now. And he said, why? He said, because it's the way you're holding you know, All of a sudden your arms are too short <laughs> for, to be able to read. That's what happens when you're over 40. Uh, oh, yeah, my well, ridiculous stepsons will take the cereal box and move it far away from me so I can read it. I'm like, yeah, that's real funny. <laughs> <laughs> I married a younger man, and now he's doing that same thing where he's putting his arms out and he's lifting his head up and looking down. I'm like, uh-huh, that's what you get for making fun of me. You're right behind me. <laughs> uh-huh. That's right. That's right. It's funny. Um, so I do want to get into this. Why you wrote this book and how it came into being. You touched on that a little bit, but I really want to explore that a bit more. Well, yes. Um, as I said, I started off with not really loving the turning 60 because things were falling down. And I just, I, I mused on this for a long time, Tammy. I didn't even start this book until I was 68 because I didn't have the confidence. I didn't have the belief that I could, I could do it. And then one day, I don't know what happened. Somewhere over 65, there was a shift in me. And the oughts, coulds, woulds, and sh- shoulds of life sort of just fell away. And I, this was something that was just bothering me. And I thought, what the heck? Why don't I find out how other women feel about this? Because I will, I will be candid with you. My dream was to go out and be a public speaker. I used to be an actor. And... Um, I got tired of other people's words, but I love the limelight, I have to admit. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, gee, I'll I'll be a public speaker, and that'll be great. But what in the world was I going to talk about? Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, the one thing I know about are women. And I certainly knew about the older woman, and I just got brave. And I thought it would be so simple. I'd interview a bunch of women. They'd tell me what they thought. I'd put it in a book. We'd all go out, and I'd tell everybody all these funny, witty things that women have to say. For example, I don't mind getting older. I just would like to do it wrinkle-free. That's one of my favorite quotes <laughs> from the book. But That's fun. I'm comfortable with my skin. I just wish it was tighter. <laughs> yes, 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 and that, that, that kind of stuff. So, um, so I just I decided to go on the journey, and the journey was four years. It took way longer, but it's, 
if I had known what it would have taken to actually interview 70 women and write the book, I probably would have never started. And I, I, I was looking at something on the Internet yesterday, and it said that old joke about how do you eat an elephant, and the answer is one bite at a time. One of my favorite And that's quotes. what I did. I just did a little bit at a time first. I got, you know, first I interviewed them. But what I discovered in the journey was how fabulous, how fabulous these women were. And they're everyday women. They're not, you know, celebrities. They're, you know, the women at the gym, the ones you see at the supermarket, the one having dinner at the next table. They all have a story. And they all have wisdom. And they all have come to grips with, being over 60 or some of them, you know, like me, over 70 and a couple of 90-year-olds. And they're, they're, they're peaceful and they're, they're wise and they're having a great time because they don't have the same um, stress of younger life. They don't have to worry about the jobs and the home and the kids and the possessions and the getting everything done. We've done that. So it's, it's a whole new, as you mentioned, it is a new frontier. Gosh, I'm pontificating. But I get very excited about this. No, I think I this really is fantastic. This is fantastic yeah. because it's not been a conversation that's been really on the forefront, at least from my perspective. And I thought years ago, you know, in other cultures, other generations, the, the elders were the wise ones and especially the women. You know, that's mm-hmm. who we went to for, for help, for clarity. They were the shamans. They were the ones that, that, that could lend us perspective from the heart. And that's not something that we see a lot in, in this particular culture. So I'm like, You're there's right. something really vital missing. There's something vital missing. And I thought I wanted to do a show called The Wisdom of the Ages and connect with the elders of our society and go, what have you learned? What do you know? What do you have to share? So I'm just, I'm so excited to be having this conversation with you. And in reading this book, something I found interesting is that I have so much in common with all of you. Yes. We're more alike than we're unalike. Yes. And, and that's the thing. I mean, some, some of the women I interviewed said, well, I thought I'd, you know, have look at life differently, but it's sort of the same, or I, I really haven't grown up. On the other hand, um, well, the difference is that we're more comfortable. We've, we're, we're, we've said, okay, I can go to the supermarket without putting on my makeup. Hope nobody sees me, but, you know, <laughs> but, <it> just, <laughs> but, but you'll go. Where when right. you're younger, you're thinking, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I better look perfect before I go anywhere. Yeah, that, so that we're just a little freer. We're very, you know, we're free. But what do you think we have in common, Tammy? I'm, I'm jumped well, on just you there. The, the, just the humor and the life lessons. You know, I loved one of your chapters, How to Love Large and Ditch the Weenies. You talk a lot about toxic people and how as you've gotten older and how a lot of the people that you've talked to, as they've gotten older, it was like, don't want to hang out with toxic people. Don't need to people, please. Don't need to contort myself for the comfort of others. Just this general feeling of being comfortable in one's skin, becoming more authentic. That is absolutely right. And that is, as you said, that's a huge theme. That's one of the big things that showed up in, in a number of chapters, but per- particularly in that chapter, where the, the women have just said, I'm done with toxic people. Why, why do I keep them in my life? And I do wonder, I mean, that is a, 
that is really a great message for younger women. You know, really evaluate who's in your life with a lot of negative, negativity. I can say that word. Um, what does that bring you? I mean, it's nothing but, but, but misery and drama where if you're around happy, upbeat people, you too will be a happy, upbeat person, or at least you can fake it till you make it, you know? And, Absolutely. And- yeah, because we talked earlier, we go the direction of our thoughts and our emotions and our energy. And I like something Randy Pausch said in the last lecture, are you a Tigger or are you an Eeyore? Uh-huh. And I mean, <laughs> see clearly you're a Tigger and, and I am too. And so I, I like this. It's like, I really believe this is my toast. When I have a glass of wine with my husband, this is my toast to the best things have ever been and to the best being yet to come. And I'm in my forties, you know, I'm not my twenties or thirties anymore. And I feel better than I ever have physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And I still believe, I mean, I'm in the meat of happily ever after. That's something you talk about in your book. Happily ever after right. isn't some distant notion, some future thing, experience. It's here. It's now. But I'm still yes. looking, still spiraling it's not exactly. It's not exactly the way I expected happily ever after to be. Because in my generation, <laughs> you know, it was um, Doris Day and uh, Rock Hudson. Oh, yeah. Probably, that, but they weren't. That was know. a facade. He was gay, wasn't yeah. he? I mean, not that Yeah, he was gay thing. and she loved animals more than people. So... But, <laughs> but yeah, so it's it, kind of an so, interesting facade. I used to wonder when, you know, well, those, they were always happy movies where the boy meets girl, boy and girl, you know, finally they get together and that's the end of the movie. And I always wondered what, what the heck happened afterwards? And um, that was my vision of what life was going to be like, you know, and I was 19 when I got married the first time and I thought it would just be peachy. But of course it wasn't. I wasn't realistic at all. And, um, I, you know, I ended up with a dom. I was trying to be so pleasing that I just got walked all over and I can't necessarily blame him, but I had to, I had to grow up. I had to learn that happily ever after is very different. It's, you have to be really comfortable in with yourself. You have Mm -hmm. to believe in yourself before you can be of any service to anyone else. So you better be nice to yourself and love yourself. And then when you have that, then you can really be of service and, and in love with, with someone else because you, you, you value yourself. So other people value you and you must value yourself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm, it's like, I'm talking to me. <laughs> 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 That's why my show is called journey to center because Working from the outside in doesn't work. We have to work from the inside out. The tagline in all my books is from the inside out. Everything's a reflection of our relationship with ourselves. But if we're dancing for the audience and contorting ourselves for the the happiness or approval of others, you're not going to find your happily ever after. That's right. That's that's exactly right. And that and and you you you're in your forties, and I'm oh. I still hate saying the number. <laughs> I admit, <laughs> although I, sh- I should be sort of proud. I had a friend who turned 77, and I said to her, my goodness, you don't look 77. And her answer to me was, this is what 77 looks like. And I thought that was a heck of a great answer. So I should be proud to say, I'm, you know, I'm 73. Uh, and 
I, I, but the second half of life or learning about how to live life doesn't necessarily happen to you at like, okay, I've now hit 50, I'm now in the second half of life. Lots of people like you, Tammy, have figured it out, have figured out how sort of the way to approach life. Then you're really in the second half. Then you're in that part that says, now I know how to really live life and I can really really enjoy it and really appreciate every day. And, and um, it, you're lucky that you found it. You know, you were on a search. You're a searcher. And I, I, I admire people that search because they, they find their way to, uh, to the right path. They I don't have my, the answer. I've called myself a seeker, and now I mm-hmm. kind of want to refer to myself as a finder. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. But, you know, it's not easy. The process isn't easy. I mean, the reason I even started seeking was because I was just body slammed in life. You know, it was like, uh, I think Zen teachings say, um, pain is the universal great awakener. And that was what got me on my path was just the disillusionment of relationships and being very, very um, physically ill and just being very broke. It was like, scraping along the bottom of the ocean for a while. It was quite uncomfortable. But uh, on the upside, you know, I got to the other side. So, well, some, pe- some, people, some people would give up. And that, and I thought they about become, it. Believe me. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But that's, those, are, those people aren't in my book. And, you know, these are the people that have been where you've been and where I've been and come out the other side because they were damn well bound and determined that they were going to figure it out. And sometimes you just want to curl up in a ball, you know, and put your head under the covers. But you do come out, and, you, and good for you. I mean, if you're open to the universe and if you're willing to say, yes, okay, I'll give it a shot, <laughs> things come to you. They do. They come to you. It's not like, I was going to say it's not like Pollyanna, but I do have to say this. My late husband, I used to worry all the time that the glass was half empty. And he was a very positive person and said that glass was half full. And mm-hmm. I loved this book. I don't know if you ever read it. Um, oh, gosh. It, got, it went right out of my mind. Oh, shoot. Uh, Susan Jeffers, Dr. Susan Jeffers. Um, oh, I've forgotten what it is. I'm sorry. But okay. in the book, there's a chapter that says, Who says Pollyanna wasn't right? Because ninety percent of the time, what you worry about never happens. So why do you, why don't you just spend your time on the ninety percent instead of worrying about the ten percent that you know the bad stuff? So I I love what you're saying, and and I know Marianne Williamson would say that. Um, yeah. You know, it's okay to be Pollyanna. That's a beautiful thing. And something I, I write about this in the book I'm writing right now, Prosperity from the Inside Out. I talk mm-hmm. about um, if you perceive the glass is half full because we go the direction of our thoughts pretty soon that glass is going to be overflowing yeah so just keep focusing on what you're grateful for what's positive what's good what's right and that's we're going to start spiraling upward you know so that's that is and that's really that is a message for you know for everybody but younger people need to hear that now Older people, just through the school of hard knocks, at least the positive ones, have come to that. They, they, they get it. And, I mean, certainly my, my women, don't you like the way I call them my women? I, think that, the, I don't think they would mind that at all. <laughs> I think they would be honored by but, that. But, you know, we, we, 
we're, we've discussed, you know, we're more interesting than we used to be. We're, we speak our minds. We're confident. We're active. Um, and we, we do things. I mean, we are, we are lucky, you know, we can travel. We don't have the responsibilities we used to have. And, you know, and we, we also, I can't use the word, but I, I created a new life measurement. I know what the, you read that, Tammy, what it is, but it's a, it's a, a give us something factor. We don't, we don't care about a lot of stuff anymore. And when you let go of the, those oughts, coulds, woulds, and shoulds, you are in a, in a much more positive place. I'm getting very, very uh, pontificating here, and I apologize. But, oh, this um, is what I like to do. I think you're picking up on my vibe here. <laughs> I love to pontificate. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Well, it's your show. It's your show. You do it. <laughs> oh, you're doing fantastic. I love this. I am interested in knowing, um, were there surprises? Were there surprises that came forward by virtue of this process that you were really unexpected for you? Some Well... Some- yeah, well, everything was a surprise to me, really. Um, uh, I think really the biggest surprise for me was to, to really, when I started this book, I was in my 60s, and, you know, my thoughts about what it was like, and then to be to hit 70 and to actually love it. I mean, I'm not in love with being 70, but, but, I, but I'm, I'm so comfortable in my own skin i and i'm i finally got my authentic self and i'm really appreciating it and that's what i discovered um about a lot of the women in the book they said the same kind of thing um some of them were surprised that they lived as long as they had just by virtue of the fact that our parents and our grandparents the life expectancy was so much shorter and um I mean, today, we, you know, we joke about the 60 being the new 40. Well, the 70 is the new 50, you know. So, um, and the idea that the women that I interviewed, now I admit, women who raise their hand and say, yes, you can interview me, are probably positive people who feel pretty good about themselves. But, but they were all surprised themselves at how great they feel, how comfortable they are, um, that even though there some are, were retired and some were still working, that was interesting too because mm-hmm. the working women were still most of them. Some of them had to work because they they needed the medical insurance. God bless us, the medical uh, thing. But anyway, and, and and had to work and wish they didn't. But most of them, if they were working, they were working because they were loving it. They loved what they did and they didn't want to give it up. And then there were ones who were retired and who said, oh, this is the greatest gift I ever could have been given is to be retired. And now to do things I'm really excited and, and really want to do. So a lot of this was a surprise to me. Dumping the toxic people really was something I learned from, from interviewing the women. I really had to think about it. And the other, of course, big theme in the book, Tammy, <laughs> maybe it isn't a surprise, but it's really a theme, is that famous 10 pounds. I mean, unless there's a skinny <laughs> I've been woman with that there. Since I was 20. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's always those damn 10 pounds. And, you know, one person loses it, somebody else gets it. You know, it's just all over the book. That is, that is funny. The and the other 10 pounds. 
Mm-hmm. The other surprise, I just, I'm, I'm sorry, but you asked, so here I go. The other surprise is <laughs> um, so many of my generation and then the just below me um, are women that they were still married to their first husband. Now, since I've you know, been through a few relationships, I found that shocking. But they're married to their first husband and still and happy. They went through the wars. They went through the marriage wars and came out at the other side really happy with their mate. That was amazing to me. And the second group were women who were married for the second time in usually pretty long term, like over 25 years, and mm-hmm. just thrilled and then there were the ones that grew from divorce. There were, you know, the women who said, I am so happy to be out of a marriage, and I've become my own self now. But it was like, amazing I, lo- I to love me. men. I just don't want one of my own was one of the quotes yes. I read. You made me just laugh. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I mean, they're a great bunch of broads. I, I hate to use that old-fashioned word, but um, it. Uh, the title of the book came one day because I was going to the gym and just saying to a friend as we were walking in, I'm going to do, I'm going to write this book. I am. And it's going to, I'm going to find out how women feel about being over 60. 50 was fine, but over 60, something new. And she said, Oh, that should have broad appeal. And I said, Oh, you just gave gave me the title to my book. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great title, broad appeal, wit and wisdom from women ages 60 to 90. But, you know, I know that um, young women are getting value from this. Who was it? Um, Lucy Arnaz said, Broad Appeal is exactly what this book has. I couldn't put it down, nor wait to share it with my 28-year-old daughter, husband, best friends, male, female, gay, straight. Fascinating. (laughs) Oh, God bless Lucy Arnaz. That was really... She's adorable. Oh, my God. I love her. Okay. Um, Sam, we're going to go to break. And for my listeners, when we come back, Sam and I are going to continue this conversation about the wonders of growing older and we're going to talk about love spirituality and yes we're going to go there sex okay hang on we'll be right back with sam dawson License and registration. But I'm walking. Do you want to upset an officer of the law? No, sir. Good. I pulled you over today for littering. Uh, I didn't litter. (laughs) Wow. That's what they all say. Unfortunately, I saw you drop a pair of thunder thighs a few blocks back. Probably happened as you were biting into that apple you're holding. Uh, How'd you know they're my thunder thighs? Hmm? Well, my young friend, I'd like to say two years in the police academy helped figure it out. But between us, it was smallstep.gov. Smallstep.gov? Yep, a Rooney. It's this site with tons of easy ways to lose weight. Some steps are so easy, people don't realize they're doing them. Like you taking small step number 83, snack on fruits. Go to smallstep.gov, you'll see. You can drive off now. I'm still walking. Take a small step to get healthy at smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Before there were computer games and HDTV, cram courses and teaching to the test, there was this thing called imagination. A tool so powerful it could transport kids on the most amazing journeys of their lives, from outer space to center field at Yankee Stadium. 
It is for these journeys that Destination Imagination was created. An extraordinary after-school program in creativity and teamwork for every child. At Destination Imagination, teams are formed and challenges are met with a whole lot of imagination. And while we can't guarantee it'll get your kid into Harvard or onto American Idol, we're pretty sure that Destination Imagination will be the most important journey they make this year. Maybe any year. Parents, teachers, start a Destination Imagination team by calling 888-321-1503 or visit DestinationImagination.org. That's DestinationImagination.org. Let's say you're a mom and you want to put on the perfect birthday party for your twin daughters. So you get a clown and he dazzles everyone. And you order a cake and have the bakery put something nice on it. Happy birthday, girls. And you hire a pony to give everyone rides. <laughs> and it all goes perfectly. Best party ever, Mom! And you're the perfect mom. But even if it doesn't go that way and your clown doesn't dazzle... And the bakery doesn't spell out the right message. Happy birthday, Gil? And the pony doesn't give everyone rides. It can still be the perfect birthday party because kids don't always see things the way you see them. Best party ever, Mom! You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of siblings in foster care who'll take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, go to AdoptUsKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council. You're listening to Empower Radio. Now, back to Journey to Center with Dr. Tammy Belashevsky. Hello, my friends. Honored to be spending some time together today on Journey to Center and Empower Radio. We're uh, hanging out with Sam Dawson, she's telling us what's good and right about getting older. So I'm enjoying this conversation thoroughly, Sam. Thank you. Me too. (laughs) You're so fun. You're so cute. I find you such an inspiration. Okay, so before we went to break, I mentioned we were going to talk about love, relationships, sex, that kind of stuff. And you touched a little on it, and I found it really interesting. You had a... Uh, you have a chapter called Marriage, Divorce, and Men. What the hell is Happily Ever After? So we talked a little bit about Happily Ever After. And there was a diverse um, there was a diverse theme, it seemed, where some were married for a long time, some were re- married repeatedly, and some had sworn off men. Mm-hmm. So I want to know, um, did you find this surprising? There, it seemed like people found their own comfort zone through the process. It's like wherever they were at, they were comfortable with. Yes, um, I was. I, I was most impressed with you know the women that hung in there because I didn't. Um, I was the first on my block to get divorced uh, back when divorce was really taboo. But most of the women they they were able to stay with husband number one and work it through. To me, that was amazing. Um, what, there was there's one quote that I would if I can just put my finger on it. Oh, may I read this quote? Please. Uh, it, it, yeah, um, she said, "I've been married for 48 years, and mostly it's been happy. Sometimes he's a pain in the ass. I know my frailties, and I know his. Actually, I've overcome mine and his. Marriage is a process." Seeing the differences and learning how each of us acts in certain situations is a growing experience. We do balance each other, 
Each of us has our ups and downs, and we've been fortunate enough to be able to manage them. I think it's because we love each other enough. I, it's really been a great ride. Now, that's, mm-hmm. I think that's amazing to me. I that, mean, is, that is amazing. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I hit the, the downs in my first marriage, I said, I'm out of here. I, I, I got to go. I got to mm-hmm. go. I got to go. And, and I, I feel sometimes I, I wish I would have been able to figure out a way. And I do believe that communication is the key. But uh, I wasn't good at it at, at whatever I was, 30 at the time. So that was that. Um, I'm sorry. What else did you want me to talk about well, when it comes I to I want to talk about, you know, I loved your chapter about sex. <laughs> Rated X for sex. Let's talk about it. I found this chapter very interesting. And again, there was a diverse theme where some were having the best sex. Well, I, I think it surprises. I think it surprises uh, anybody who picks. Well, I don't know if anybody who picks up the book, maybe older women picking it up, um, wouldn't be that shocked by it. But so many people are shocked that people over 60 have sex. And not only do they have sex, they love it. And the older they get, the freer they are. There aren't kids going to knock on the door of the bedroom. They're, you know, they're totally alone in the house. They can, they can have sex anywhere they want, anytime. And it, it's a renewing and uh, fun, fun experience. And then if you're alone, like I'm one of my favorite quotes, bless her, uh, uh, a gal that I, I happen to know personally, and she did insist that she be anonymous in my book. <laughs> but I said, I'm going to tell everybody it's you anyway, but she, <laughs> but, which I won't do now. <laughs> but she said, you know, I still love sex. Thank God for vibrators. I mean, it's like, yes. So um, it's it's out there, and um, and actually, I, I don't know if you know this, Tammy, but one of the problems in old age, and I'm using that word, you know, nursing home type, type of places, not retirement communities because those are very vibrant places, but but really the you know when people are in their very latest stages and have some you know physical problems, some Alzheimer's and things like that, um, sex is rampant rampant in those places. They have to pull these people out of bed together because it's something that just, I mean, it's just primal and it's part of, of life and it feels good and who wouldn't want it? Well, on the other hand, there were some women that were just thrilled that they didn't have to deal with sex any longer. Yeah, so, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there's both. But for the most part, um, these were pretty um, pretty pretty vital people and pretty enthusiastic. Now, sex isn't, I would say, as hot and passionate as it used to be, but it's, it's, it's more romantic and loving, and, um, and that, that's what keeps it going, and it's that physical touching. The, uh, the one problem uh, that did show up was a lot of men uh, had prostate problems. Mm-hmm. And men really, I mean, it's a warning. Men should really be taking care of their prostates. So if, you're, if there's a guy listening today, check that out. <laughs> yeah, I go to the doctor. I've been telling my husband yeah, that for a while. Yeah. It's like, really, we need, yeah. to, we need to, you know, take responsibility for this. Yeah, I like but, something you say in this chapter. We broads are smashing stereotypes even under the sheets. You'll find most of us are still enthusiastic about getting some. There's a shift from hot sex to more loving and romantic encounters. Intimacy is still crucial, 
no matter the form. And I mean, don't we want that? Don't we want to connect? That's not going to stop. That's not going to go away. You know, it just might that's shift exactly in form right. or not, you know? Yep. That's, a, that's exactly right. And, and I'm happy you said that because I, because I think the whole book, by the way, really does shatter perceptions and the smash the stereotypes on what and who the uh, older woman is. It, mm-hmm. it, it really makes people step back and think, oh, we're not the rock and chair grannies of yesteryear. We are not. If there's any rocking, you know, it's in the bedroom or on the dance floor. That's, that's, that's where we're doing our rocking. <laughs> I love that and, quote. <laughs> and so, so you know, watch out. We cougars are on the march. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And, you know, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine the other day that's not enjoying getting older. And I said, look, it doesn't mean the same thing that it used to, to be 40, to be 50, to be 60. It's, it's a different world. And we get to choose for ourselves what we want. You know, it's like I mentioned in the beginning. It's like Jane Fonda. Did you see her at the Oscars? I'm like, are you kidding oh, me? Are you kidding me? Was, oh, my God. I mean, she's what? <laughs> She sure is. Yep. Gene Houston was saying, you know, Oprah was interviewing Gene Houston. I love Gene Houston. I love Oprah. And she goes, what are your thoughts about aging? She goes, I don't think about it. I don't think about it. And I thought that's really cool. And she was, she was a gorgeous younger woman. Absolutely stunning. I thought, wow, that's really cool. It's not, it's a non-issue. And the Maya Angelou, she's in her eighties and she's proud and she's celebratory. And she, she was dancing by a fire going, does my sexuality disturb you? And I'm like, that woman is bold. I love Maya Angelou. So we get to choose for ourselves how we want to embark upon this experience. You know, we have more power than we think. Right, and I think you should tell your friend that's worried about getting older to buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, I'm I'm inspired. I'm uplifted by it. I mean, it's it's uh, you know, I'm looking down. I'm looking down the path, and I'm not. Um, you're not, I'm not scared. Afraid. No. no. No, no, you're gonna you're gonna find there's you know it's a rich it's a rich adventures yet to come. There really is, uh, and. And that's what's sort of fun about, about, about this little book is that you can pick it up any, you know, in the middle anywhere and just open it up and find a quote and you'll go, yeah, I can, you know, it's just, it doesn't have to be read cover to cover is, is what I'm saying. So, no, you can pick uh, it up because you've got a lot of little stories, anecdotes, quotes from different people. I, I personally read it from cover to cover, but. Well, bless you. Uh, Thank you. It was so fun. I just didn't want to put it down. It was making me. It was making me laugh out loud. My husband's like, well, "What are you reading?" It was. It was <laughs> making me laugh. You know. Yeah. It, and I love something you're saying here. I hope younger women reading these words see that there is a full, rich adventure yet to come. These last thirty plus years have the possibility of being fabulous. There's more to celebrate and much less to mourn than you might imagine. 60 is not the end of the world, though you may able may be able to see it from here. On the contrary, over the hill is now the new frontier. <laughs> it is. Yippee-i-yo-ki-yay, right? Exactly. Yep. I know so, when I wrote that, that's, I could saw John Wayne. I really did. I thought, wait a minute here. You know, it, it is. It, I think we've got to go in with guns blazing and saying, hey, you know, and I and I this is one thing I want to say about you know the physical stuff. I 
I am a proponent of hair dye. I think hair dye and um, <laughs> little things that you can do to make yourself feel good and look good. I mean, I'm all for those things. You know, the spanks and the um, uh, the miracle bathing suits, anything that you can do to make yourself feel and look good, I'm all for. I am. I figure that that's good for the economy and it's good for us. And hair dye... <laughs> By, you know, there are no gray-haired women anymore, unless they're stunningly beautiful, silver-haired, you know, with that perfect skin kind of mm, woman. Yeah. But we all, you know, we all get to, we all get to color our hair and let people guess how old we are. So I, I know, I mean, you- it's, it's so different than any other time before with technology, with the inventions, right. with the surgery. I love Botox. It makes me so happy. It's like, it's right. just, I think it's the coolest thing ever. It's really fun yeah. for me. And I think so, you're bringing yeah, up a good not? point. Have fun. Do the best you can with what you got. What's fun for you? When people come to me with a dilemma, do I do this surgery? Do I not? I'm like, what's the motivation? Is it self-love or is it self-loathing? If Excellent it's self-loathing, point. I would say get to self-love before you make the decision because you might find you don't want to do it then or maybe you will. But let's do it so with wise. the intention of joy and love. That's your, that is that's brilliant. That really is. That really is. Because again, like when we went back, back at the beginning of this conversation, if you don't really love yourself, you know, it, it, you can't, you can't move forward and love anybody else or the world or find the next great adventure that's yet to come. That was just so. the word I wrote down, the adventure. It will not be an adventure. It'll be like torture. Loving yes. ourselves. It's true. The kingdom of heaven is within. You know, it's not out there. The only reason yeah. we think we want anything outside of ourselves is because we think it's going to make us feel better. But feeling good is really about being able to relax into that place of safety and love within. It's not out well, there. Well, just, just like you said, you start with a journey to the center. Hmm. What? Maybe we could name a show that. I don't know. That's a great idea. You are brilliant. I don't Sam. you think that's a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It, 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 it's, it's really lovely. To, uh, to to have you name your show that and to start there because that really does say it all. It does. And and yeah, the other thing I named it. Fine. I named my it's, website this in 2008, not really knowing what it was. I was just painting mandalas at the time, but it certainly translated into a lot of other areas that are still very relevant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and, and, yeah, it's fun. And, if, and fun is another word that that is really important and. Fun and lightness and approaching life with joy and gratitude. And even in your darkest times, if you can find something to be grateful for, yes. one thing, and, and say thank you for that, even in your darkest moments, it will, it will start to transform and you will come back to light. I, just, I, I can say that because it's happened to me. And, it, you know, everybody's had, everybody goes on a journey and nobody has fun all the time. And you often, you know, you sort of have to, to, uh, to live through hell to really uh, understand and appreciate um, heaven or the joys so of true. life. And Sam, I'd like to know your opinion about this. I, I know what's true for me. Um, but don't you feel, or not, that you've learned the most through your challenges? your trials and your tribulations. 
Yes, darn it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, Wouldn't it be nice true. if that wasn't the case? Oh, I learned You're, the most yes, through the, just the, the joy and the bliss. <laughs> oh, no, not really. <laughs> yeah, but I, I can remember as a as a, a little a young child being the, the daughter of an alcoholic, and when things were bad, I mean, it was just, I would just say to myself, this will change, this will change, it's going to be good again, it'll be good again, it'll be good again. And that was the way to get through things, not to stay in the, you know, in the, on the dark side. Of course, at the time, when things were good, I'd say, uh-oh, something bad. When's the other shoe going to drop? <laughs> yeah, right. But that, that's, that's being a child of an alcoholic. That, that does, that well, is yeah, there's a, some trauma associated with that, for sure, which can set the stage right. for, you know... But you know, sometimes that sets you up as as becoming a seeker, as becoming, as looking for the answers, and being open. And so, yeah, you do you do have to walk through fire in order to um, in order to find it or and appreciate you know, how, and have gratitude. Gold is yeah, that's how gold is created. That's how diamonds are refined and polished. And if you even think about um, a pearl, you know, the sand and the the uh, oyster, or why the it's oyster, pre- right? Hmm? Right, it's like irritation. Right. <laughs> yeah, but it is irritating and it is annoying and it would be lovely to just zip through life and have a wonderful time the whole time, but you would be the most shallow, useless human being if that were the truth. So. I think it works for the animal kingdom. Maybe I'll come back as a goose next time or a kitten. I don't know. But uh, yes, for, as human beings go, it's, uh, it's not generally that easy. It's our, our connection to that something greater takes more effort. And I think it's because we live on a planet of free will and choice or perceived yes. free will and choice. We get to experiment, yes. we get to explore, we get to create, we get to play. And the point is to be different. The point is to find our way and find our unique magic. And I have to say, Sam, I love your magic. You really have such a great um, style and sense about you and humor and honest. You're very, very honest about this process. The good, the bad, the positive, the negative, the ugly, <laughs> the beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you. Thank you. I mean, uh, it, it is a journey. And it, it, um, I am honestly having a, a hell of a good time. I really am. I uh, when I was 60, I would, I'm telling you, I'd give a dental implant to be 60 again. I mean, it, I'm always, you know, I'm always like 10 years behind where I should be. You know, when I'm 80, I'll probably go, oh, if I were only 70 again, why didn't I appreciate it, you know? So. No, you were saying in your book that, you know, I was finally 65 before I accepted being 60 or something. I was like, yeah, right. I'm just, I just can't get used to it, you know? And now... Because um, I'm out there and I've written the book and I, you know, there's a there's a poem in, in my book about turning seventy. I can't like not mention my age and for, just hope that people because people do tend to pigeonhole you the moment you give them your age. Uh, they and I, I that is something I resent. Terrible. That is absolutely something that we do in the society. If you pick up any magazine or anything, they'll say the person's name, then their age, and then they'll go on. It's like it is part of the umbrella of our persona or our title. It's it's not just Mister or Mrs. It's you know it's it's your name and then your age, and then they go on to talk about whatever. So that is something that is uh, kind of annoying. Yeah, but you see, at my age now, when I pick up AARP which you don't get yet because you're too darn young. 
But when you pick up AARP and you see some of the people on the cover, you go, really, they're old enough for AARP? <laughs> so funny because my husband's I mean, younger than me. He started getting notices for AARP when he was like in like early 40s. He's like, what's going uh, on? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Well, you know, on the on your on your fiftieth birthday, there it is. It's somehow. How do they know? <laughs> but That's it's actually a fabulous it's magazine. It, it 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 really is. It really is a fun magazine to read. I'm sorry to 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 admit, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I don't know many people that have been excited about getting that. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. I think that? because I've written the book, I'm always looking for more positive. Uh, stories and things about positive people that are over 60 and who they are and what they're doing, as you pointed out, Jane Fonda and Maya Angelou and people like that. And you find them in AARP, you do. And you go, yes, that person is fabulous. And that's, that's, that's what we've got. And really, I promise that what, your listeners that are out there going, oh, yeah, sure. Honest of Pete, it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun to uh, um, to hit that over sixty mark. Now there I are days. I did not expect. I would not have expected in a million years when I was in my twenties and thirties that somebody was to say to me, "In your mid to late forties, it's going to be the best of your life, and it's just going to keep getting better." I wouldn't have expected that because I never really thought about being in my forties or fifties. I know that's yeah. old when you're twenty. I know. I know. Yeah, I loved. I loved my forties. I did. I really. I. I was. I was. I thought I looked really pretty. Pretty cute, and I was married to my second husband, the love of my life. So, what more could you ask? I mean, life was just, you know, just beautiful. So. I feel like you're describing my life right now. It's like I kind of. I think I'm pretty cute. I have the best husband on the planet for me. He's perfect for me. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And boy, yeah, that's what Billy used to say. He'd rocks. say, "Sam, you're perfect." For me, I said, "Could you leave off the for me part and just go say you're perfect?" perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just perfect. Now I say that to my husband all the time. You're so perfect, and he's like, "No, I'm not." Well, you are for me, so he can't argue yeah. with that. That's but right. yeah, I, I had to kiss a lot of frogs and toads frogs. and other kinds of poisonous amphibians <laughs> to find him. But boy, <laughs> great. Say all the time, I stopped at the top of the mountain. <laughs> yeah, well, you well see. I'm happy I'm describing your life. So just think of all the good things you have to look forward to. Oh, it's true. And, and I mean, it really just boils down to, again, you know, the, the reason I've been able to manifest this and, and what it sounds like, you know, kind of the, one of the core messages of your teachings is to really just love yourself. That's it. Everything comes from that. Yeah, it does. It, 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 at first, it sounds sort of egotistical, but it isn't. If you, if you, don't, if you have self-loathing, or you don't like yourself, or you're always critical of yourself. It, it, it just, it isn't attractive. It doesn't attract people to you. Uh, there's a negative vibe around you, and people stay away. But if you're, if you're filled with joy, people want to be around people that are upbeat and positive. So, uh, anyway, I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, because, that, that's so true. And there was somebody in your book that talked about that. You know, I was so worried about what other people thought. And then I finally learned people really are so invested in themselves. They don't really think one thing or another. Right, it's, right. It's, yeah. About pleasing other people. It just isn't yeah. necessary. Exactly. Um, and I know for me that 
what I, I used to be concerned about what people thought of me and, and what I could get. Now I'm more concerned about just loving people and what I can give. And I know you're very involved with a really incredible organization. You want to tell me a little bit about that? We have a couple oh, minutes I left. Do. I Thank you. That. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, the, the name of the organization is Impact Giving, and it's a women's collective giving organization. The goal, which is audacious, is a thousand women, uh, each donating a thousand dollars to be able to give away a million dollars annually. Now that's an audacious goal, but, uh, we've, we're just starting our fourth year, and in our first three years, we were able to grant $345,000 to 20 organizations, both locally and globally. So we're a brand new funding source. And what I love about collective giving is that if you're a giver anyway and you donate to things, uh, probably over the course of the year, probably give $1,000 or somewhere close to that. You know, you give $100 here, or $500, whatever. But if so, if you are a giver, then if you take your $1,000 and you bundle it with everybody else's, you can make much bigger impact on an organization than your own, I don't want to say measly, but your own $1,000. If you donated $1,000 to an organization, you don't really find out, or 500 here and 300 there. Right. You don't really know what happens. Where it's the going month. and what happens. And, and how yes. they're using it. Hopefully they're using it well. But when you... It, with impact giving or any collective giving, and collective giving is becoming very popular throughout the United States, but when you bundle your money and we track it, it comes through a grant system, and the organizations that get the money have to give us a six-month report and then a year report. So we can say to our partners, look what your dollars did this year. Mm-hmm. This year your dollars helped girls in Cambodia, helped... Um, kids uh, that are coming out of the foster system in um, uh, San Diego that just get sort of left on the doorstep. Uh, the uh, CASA, uh, which is the court-appointed uh, court advocates for uh, kids in foster care, that's another one. Your money is going to help these children, you know, have their CASAs to move them, and this is the difference you're making. And it really is so moving. So it's, it's – and the partners – the partners do the work. Well, they don't have to, but they sit on the committees that vet the grants. The grants come mm-hmm, in. I have mm-hmm. to be the grant chair. And, the vet, and then the committees, we train the women how to look at grants. They look at them. They go out. They visit them or they talk to them on the phone. And they decide which organizations to put forward. And then every partner gets to vote. So that's, that's how it works. That's and a portion of yeah. whatever... Whatever proceeds I get from um, um, selling broad appeal, um, a, pro- a portion will be donated, of course, to impact giving because, you know, it's my passion. And, and I f- I'm excited mm-hmm. that uh, if, uh, if and when I actually make any money with, with broad appeal, my organization will benefit from it. So uh, I, I'm, I'm so pleased that you asked me about it. Thank you. Well, but, I mean, um, this to me is the best thing about getting older is to really love ourselves. And then from that place, we can actually be of service in such a profound way. To be such of a profound services. way. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And so Bring, to spread so the love. To, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug Impact Giving for a minute. Um, it's impactgivingnow.org if anybody wants to look at it. 
um, whether they want to become a partner. Where can they get your book, Sam? Ah, funny you should ask that. Well, uh, there's a million ways to get my book. I, if you want to meet me in the backyard, I sell it out of the back of my car, just like Wayne Dyer. <laughs> but, but in truth, but in truth, um, my website, uh, broadappeal.com, or of course, it's available at Amazon and Abbott and um, Barnes and Noble. Abbott is my publisher, and. Um, you can go into your local bookstore and ask for Broad Appeal. They may not have it on the shelf, but they can they can yep, get order. it for you. All right, yeah. Sam. Well, we're wrapping up now. This has been such a fun conversation. You are just a blast, and I'm just so impressed and inspired by you and, and your book, Broad Appeal. Pick up a copy and, and help impact the world in a positive, loving, wonderful way. Thank you to my listeners. Thank you, Brent Carey. Thank you, Brian. You're just an amazing producer. Love from my heart to yours. Onward and upward. Bye for now.